Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Idol. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got our two contestants today. We have Connor and we have Jesse. Hello. How are you two doing today? Oh, just peachy. It's been just a normal day. Just a normal day. Absolutely nothing has been going on. Very calm. Yeah, I'll put it this way. For those watching this right now, this is pre-recorded. Uh, we did knock out a couple shows today, which is a Saturday, which is just hours after Brian Reynolds demanded a trade. So, much like the other show with Tyler, if that's already been out or not, I'm not sure the <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the the episodes how they're going to come out in order. But um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. So Brian Reynolds did bless us with information to discuss. I'll put it that way. Yeah. He did it at the perfect time, to be honest. I think he, I think he planned to do it around the winter meetings because it's gonna be a lot of chatter, a lot of time for Charrington to talk to some of the other GMs, right? And maybe get his wish. Maybe. So I'll tell you what, because we'll we'll save that. We got a lot to talk about on that end. Um, so before we do that, let's kind of introduce you two. So as mentioned, we do have Connor. Connor, if you don't mind, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your name, how old you are, where you're from. <laughs> Uh, so, um, I'm Connor, um, 21, <laughs> uh, huge Pirates fan, obviously, um, uh, from Maryland, which is a lot better than where Jim is from, which is why we're doing this. So <laughs> facts, cause Jim's getting the boot. We're sick. Yeah, no, we're getting rid of him. Get him out of here. Challenge accepted. And, uh, and tell us why you want to be on NS9. Uh, because at the moment I have nothing better to do with my time. That's the best way. <laughs> That's the only reason I can imagine. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Connor. Jesse, uh, why don't you tell us the same thing? Uh, my name is Jesse. I'm from Pittsburgh. I now live in Tallahassee, Florida, so we're pretty close to each other there, Donato. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. We'll head up a spring training game or something. Um, I, I'm 30. And I want to be on the podcast because, one, my girlfriend is tired of me talking fires to her. Pretty simple. This way I have people to talk to that might want to listen a little bit. So you're doing it for love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I can understand that. <laughs> um, awesome. So we have one going on because there's nothing going on with his life. <laughs> oh, yeah. One going absolutely on. nothing. Wants to come on. Well, yeah. Okay. I I'll... think it's the reverse that I have so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then, yeah, another one coming on because he annoys his girlfriend. So really, simple. she's pushing you. She's 100%. like, go, go do this. Understand. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, doing the show. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to come into some questions. Let's talk a little bit of Pirates. Each of you, we're going to bring on a topic. Um, so I'll tell you what. Pick a number between one and seven. Uh, four, seven, it's four. So Connor, you got it. So you go first. So go ahead and talk your topic. Uh, I wanted to bring up the rotation a little bit. I was going to talk about whether or not to bring in a guy like Kyle Gibson. Um, obviously it can't be like actually Kyle Gibson now that he is signed with the, or what was the, the length and the amount for that deal, by the way, it's one year, but there's no money. Okay. Same. I haven't seen any report yet as far as the actual terms, yeah, except for the one year. So I kind of wanted to describe, like, my journey with my thoughts on that because at first I was like, you, Kyle Gibson. <laughs> but then, like, as time went on and I started to see the market a little bit more and, like, what Matthew Boyd got and what – um what was the reliever in Boston – um, um, he was with the Dodgers last year. He was traded midseason. Eovaldi? No. 
Uh, he just signed like two years, seventeen million in Boston. Um. Anyways, so when I, wait, weren't they looking at Jansen? No, they signed. He's they he's an older guy, uh, thirty six. Um. Oh my God, Chris Bob. Martin. Chris Martin, thank you. So Chris Martin, that was like two years, seventeen million, and these are like reliever contracts. And then I missed that, by the way. And then it started. Um, and then the rumors about what Tyon was looking to get in the market started to come out, and it was like over four years surpassing the money that John Gray got. And it was like, okay, if the market is this thin and this is what people are getting, getting Kyle Gibson for like relatively cheap probably isn't that bad right now. So now that he's he's gone, I don't really know what their their targets would be because admittedly this market's thin. Like even even when you start to in- include trades, guys that are reasonably within the pirates like grasp, there aren't a ton of them. So if they're actually looking to like improve their rotation over what it was last year, I, I just I'm not sure how much sense it would make to really do that this offseason anymore. I personally think the Pirates are going to jump out of what they typically do with the one-year $4 million, $3 million deal. I think they're actually going to pay somebody. I think they're going to give somebody a two-year, three-year type deal, like a Quintana or maybe Sean Benaya, and actually fork over the money because Charrington has said he wants to make this team better for 23. But I'm hoping it's 23, 24, and 25. Right. That was my initial like reaction, you know, to you to Gibson was that I didn't think he actually made the team that much better. I mean, sure he he'll give you like 170 innings, but like how how good are those innings actually going to be? Are they actually going to be significantly better than I mean, they're going to be significantly better than Bryce Wilson, but Bryce Wilson isn't a major league pitcher. You know, being being better than somebody that isn't a major leaguer you know, it is not – that doesn't impress me. I'll put it that way. But I think Gibson's a little bit better than that. He's a, pretty much a career two-war pitcher. So he's at least above average, and it's not Bryce Wilson or Zach Thompson. That Taking Zach Thompson and Bryce Wilson off this team makes him a better team altogether. It's not a huge I would, jump. I would agree. But it is, a, it is a jump at the end of the day. I would certainly agree. I, I just don't – I think they could do a whole lot better than, than Kyle Gibson was my argument against him, really. That I understand. But I really think he was going to be like the the number five while they were still looking for two or three. I could see that. And it's also – there's some argument that like it's particularly last year um, his past year wasn't especially appealing. They didn't have some things going for him. He wasn't playing in a stadium that was really conducive to pitching. Um, that defense behind him was was not very good. I mean, so there were a couple things there that you could say, okay, maybe moving to PNC would help him a little bit. But I, I just, I, so I do like I like his lives. pitch mix. Um, but other than that, I'm just, I was never too, never too, but it doesn't matter now, obviously. Well, let's, let's kind of like phrase in this sense. I know Kyle Gibson himself doesn't matter. Right. But like that type of pitcher more or less. Right. And I'll give you my thoughts on it also, which of course now is kind of pointless, but like when it happened, I, the first thing I said was meh. That was really it. Right. Yeah. Because that's... to me, that's how it felt, you know? He's he's safe in the sense of like here's where he helps the team. He's gonna give you innings. He is what he is, basically. You know, right. now mind you, the people that are looking at like the five ERA that said like this pitcher is just terrible. I don't buy too much into that being him. Not that he's like a great pitcher, but to me, he doesn't offer a whole lot of upside. And I think that's where that that's where it was met. Like he's safe. He's a major league pitcher. He's a solid one. You know, like for all the people that are giving a lot of trash that. Kyle Gibson sucks. Well, the team that went to the World Series last year paid for him to be their pitcher. So he has to be at least somewhat good, right? There's got a reason. There's a bit of a reason that he's there. So, like, I look at it where 
He's not going to implode. He's not going to be terrible. He's going to save this bullpen. Like the one thing about him being there is right. that's an addition for the bullpen because they're not going to have to go out there and pitch six innings every time he's out, like some of these pitchers. Um, but to me, it was, like I said, very limited. When there was that article in Major League or MLB trade rumors that talked, and I think it was through Beer Temple, that you know they were looking at Gibson and at the same time, Quintana. I don't know if that was like one or the other or as we're alluding to, like maybe two. Then I was a little on board. Okay, so you get Gibson in there. Right. He can be a stabilizer. You're right. set on the number five pitcher, right? And then you get someone in there with like some upside. Quintana would be perfect because he's already been there. You know what he can do. Now is even more on board with it. But like if it's just a Gibson, I can fully understand like where you're coming from, Connor. But I think he got a lot more hate than what was deserved. I would agree with that generally. And I was I was guilty of that a little bit myself. I mean, just you know, the standard stat line watching where it's just like this is not what I want. Um, but the, I think the the deeper the dig, the more you see that it's really not it wouldn't have been that bad. But it was it's like in the vacuum of this alone, not a huge fan. But within the context of other signings and other additions, even just other, even just um, signing more bullpen guys would have made me feel a little bit better about it. But did you feel the same way when they signed Quintana last year and then Tyler Anderson the year? And that's see, and that's they were both coming off awful they, years. They came to Pittsburgh. Marin really helped them out, and Rex re-resurrected their careers. You know what I mean? That's it's, exactly what I'm thinking they were feeling, feeling with Kyle Gibson. I mean, they should be given older some credit. Pitch. They should be given some credit. They, um, they Either they saw something in Anderson and in, in Q where they got whatever it was, they did well with those. Correct. They both came off, what, the so, 60 rays before the year before and became... So I don't like, you know the logic jump of, oh, okay, well then just keep getting guys who are not super great and then you can make them good. You should just be getting players who are good, but they should get a little bit of credit for that. I, I would agree with that. I think as a number five guy, it would make a lot of sense. But if they add Quintana, it would make the deal that much better because that rotation with Quintana, Brubaker, Keller, Contreras, and Gibson, that's not half bad. Yeah, that's fair. And so, Jesse, I'll bring this up to you because in all of what, what you guys are saying, like the Katana. Now, Anderson, I think it's fair to say there was still something you saw in Anderson um, that you could you could be comfortable in saying he was going to pitch better than that. Quintana, and I'll, I'll be the first man. And I also, by the way, I've loved Quintana, like his whole right. career. I, I've loved Quintana. He's one of my favorite pitchers. But I didn't like that signing at all. I really didn't. I didn't see much into it. I was like, I don't really see much that he's going to provide. He's going to be in the bullpen at the end of the year. I think also what Gibson kind of shows what you're alluding to. So I want to ask you about this was this isn't really just the, this guy's going to be cheap, pure reclamation. Like he's, he's safe. Right. And so you're talking about, you have thoughts that they might go out there and, and get someone for, again, like coming to kind of against the grain, not getting this one guy for a one year, $3 million deal that right. they're going to invest into a little more money and maybe even extra years. So tell me your thoughts. Why do you think that? And you mentioned a few, so, I don't know, kind of dive into that. I feel like Charrington's tone has changed recently. He didn't say he's looking to make the team better or anything like that. I feel like he's past the rebuild stage. I think he's toward getting moving towards the build stage. And getting a guy like Gibson, that's not going to cost a lot of money, four or five million dollar deal, it gives you more money to go after a Quintana, a Manaya. And I think that alone helps his team immensely because the rotation last year was not good but color brubaker made huge strides and they loved jose quintana like a lot and that's a mentor for them and i would bring him back in a heartbeat but also add gibson to that you have five decently good relief pit starting pitchers okay so i'm gonna be at joe three six four five eight on twitter and i'm coming at you jesse and i'm saying the pirates I've just heard from the star player, Brian Reynolds, that he wants a trade because they won't pay him. They just signed two over-the-hill guys at first base that suck. Why the hell do you think they're going to go and spend money on a pitcher? 
for one. What about his tone tells you that? Charrington's terrible. <laughs> Charrington has not honestly done a bad job. And I think that, one, they offered Reynolds a competitive extension. That's just my feel. I, I could be completely wrong. But I feel like they offered him four or five years, and I think Reynolds wants seven or eight. I don't want Reynolds for that long. He's already 28. That's going to be 34, 35-year-old. old. I don't need that. Honestly, he's a great player, but he's not that guy. He's not McCutcheon. He's not Stargell. He's not the centerpiece of an offense. So why should we pay that player that much money? He has the war and everything like that, but I really don't think Reynolds is that guy. All right. We'll save the Reynolds still. Before we get before we jump full board on Reynolds, we're gonna save Ooh. that. Table that because I fear we're entering something right now. So I'm gonna stop that yeah. real quick. We're still on pitchers. <laughs> but okay. You have to drink some water, man. That was <laughs> ooh. But Connor, I don't know. Do you feel the same way about that? Do you feel that no. there's a shift in this uh rebuild per se or Charrington? Um a shift in the rebuild, maybe. I mean, it, it's hard to say. I can't. I probably would have felt a little bit better about it yesterday. I'll put it that way. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to base that off of a couple of comments and getting actual people at first base. You know, shifting to like, I'll say this: they aren't completely throwing anymore. They aren't putting cardboard cutouts at first base. That's an indicator that they might not be completely throwing. Whether or not that that translates to um, equivalent in, uh, attempts to improve at other positions, because that can't be just all that they do. If that's all that they do, then it wasn't a real attempt to improve. There has to be – there's more steps here. And I need. I think I need to see a little bit more before I decisively go. Yes, they're really seriously looking to improve and to build now. But if they weren't, don't you think they would have just accepted the trade for G Man Choi and said, "All right, we're done with first base. Let's look somewhere else." I think the well, fact that they went and made two moves for a position that was awful last year shows just a factor of that that position was bad, and they want to improve that position. The rotation was bad. So let's improve that position too. That's, I agree with that to an extent. I I think they could have just moved for Troy, and I don't think anybody would have been shocked to see that be their only move for first base. But the other problem with that is that you, you have to remember going into this offseason, there was literally nobody on the 40 man who was actually a first baseman. So it was such a it was it was such a bad situation that they I think looking back they kind of had to get two guys. Now I'm happy I'm I'm pretty happy with what they did to to get two guys on their roster to get Santana and to get Troy I think are both really good fits for this roster and this team. But um, I just I still need to see more at other positions. It, it can't just be this. Okay, we're trying to improve. See, we improved first base, which was historically bad to hopefully maybe average. Like that's not <laughs> sure. That's technically a step, I guess. But I've I've been hurt too many times to 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 go ahead and say yeah they're they're doing the i word they're improving before it actually happens jesse says 21 he's been hurt too many times i'm i'm just saying i'm i'm just saying some of us <laughs> who aren't just 21 no i'm just messing with you but uh yeah i mean go ahead jesse i don't know any rebuttal any talk any more about this I mean, it's funny I just, how Kyle Gibson has landed us here, but here we are. <laughs> so it works. It's always back to hopefully they're actually going to put some money into the team. Basically. Yeah. I, I really think it just feels different the way Charrington's talking at the end of the day. I would, I would I, agree with I that. I don't think he 
He's never really said we're looking to improve the roster for next year. He's never said that because he wasn't. I think he feels the farm system is good enough to get us where we need to be on. Well, where do you think that it, as a follow-up question, where do you think it is that we need to be by the end of this upcoming season? We need to be at 75 to 80 wins. If we can get to there, <laughs> this is a 90-win team by 24. Oof. See, I would have topped out at 75 wins for this upcoming year. If they add Quintana and they add a, another fifth starter, Kyle Gibson light. You don't think they have enough pieces and add a little bit to the bullpen. You don't I think, think they, they have could maybe to get there. I think that maybe if they get a little lucky with that, they could maybe push for, for 80, but you, but MLB season is a long season, man. A lot of stuff happens. That's what you need. Those veterans like Santana and Choi that have been there that are going to be able to help these young guys get through that. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if I see that as an above 500 team or, or as a close to a 500 team, like 80, 75. You could, you could talk me into it. I think with adding the improvements that we've talked about, because I think we, we talk about this improvement thing, but we, what we don't talk about is how far away this team still is. Like they're coming off a hundred losses. That's terrible. I mean, that's that's bad. The bullpen is horrendous. The lineup is awful. The hitting approach was terrible. I mean, there's so there's so many distinct individual things that need to be improved for this team to approach that that benchmark of like okay, 500 baseball. That I can't confidently say that even with those improvements that we're talking about, which aren't even really that. They're not game changing. They're not significant improvements in the way that like other teams would quantify a significant improvement. That those aren't going to be the things that that push us over, you know, that edge to to get to five hundred or close to five hundred baseball. That is something that they're just going to have to learn to do. So I'm not sure that you can really talk me into like eighty wins next year. I mean, just like uh, situational hitting, like um. This is a little side tangent, but people are talking about getting like Joey Gallo or getting Cody Bellinger. And I hate that so much because people complained all last year about how bad situational hitting was and how much this team struck out and how much they could not put a ball in play when they needed to. And then some of the same people that I see complaining about that, I see talking about adding Joey Gallo to the team. Like that is not going to improve your quality of watching this team at all. I think situation. Sorry, that was, that was kind of its own thing. I just wanted to put <laughs> that in there that I am so totally opposed to both of those guys. I think situational hitting is kind of done though. I really don't think like even, even a guy like it, it was bad, even in the context of baseball in 2022 and 2023, though. Right. They That's don't, the problem. They don't, care about, they don't care about giving themselves up to driving around. They don't care about bunting to move a guy over. Even Reynolds had, what, 50, 60-some RBIs last year. And I get it. The one, two hitters weren't great. But if Cruz was able to put up almost the same RBI numbers as Reynolds hitting leadoff, that means Reynolds wasn't doing his job. He, I did not feel confident when he was at the plate with runners in scoring position, that he was going to actually drive in that run. Not one bit. I'll give you that. His batting average runners, base, it runners was in scoring position no, it was, was awful. awful. He really struggled there. So that's for sure, yeah. Um, I, I, I like all that. And like I'm kind of on board with you too, Connor, in, in regards to like the Joey Gallo and Bellinger thing. For one, I actually feel more comfortable with Gallo. I feel really? – That's interesting. Yeah, you got to explain I'm, why. I'm kind of – it could just be me. It probably is just me, whatever. But I think I'm past the Cody Bellinger as a good baseball player. And, and it's not as if, like, he just needs to get out of L.A. And he's, like, he's just a bad I kind of hate his swing. Baseball player. He's just not good. He can't catch up to the fastball. Like, he can't hit fastballs. I don't think much now. Joey Gallo, I feel he also could benefit from the shift. I think there's still something in it to him. Like, he just kind of went to New York and just – became a pumpkin, which a lot of players do. And I feel like with him, he might 
be able to turn around. I'm more confident that Joey Gallo could turn his career back around than Bellinger. That's where I'm at. Now, both are good defensively, and that's why there's still value there for them. And Lord knows this team needs an outfielder who also can play defense. So, But, but also to your point, what you're seeing in the signings with Troy and Santana is right. They're the exact opposite of what this team represented last year. Like They are looking and saying – this team could not hit. They couldn't get on base. They shook out too much. And here's guys that do the opposite. Correct. So to your point, maybe they aren't going to Gallo direction or Bellinger either just because they don't want that mold anymore. They, they have eight guys already. They have like 39 guys, honestly, <laughs> in the organization right now uh, right. that can do that. So, but let's, let's move forward because we're definitely a little bit into this. So Jesse, you want to bring a topic too, right? What's yours? Yes. How do we honestly feel? Do we feel like we have enough elite talent in the farm system to take us to where we want to go? This honestly. is gonna be a good topic. I oh. just it it just scares me. I mean, I think I think Andy is a superstar. I think a lot of people aren't gonna agree with this one, but I think Pagero is gonna end up being a superstar. Ooh, Pagero. I do. Okay. Man, he, listen, he, the hot takes me... are for the end of the show. <laughs> oh, I, I'll Ooh. say no. I, but I just don't know if we have enough top tier talent to really push us over the edge. Why Pagero, though? What I mean, I know he's. What about his. Um, I know he's still appealing for his tool set. But between the production and it's not like Cruz where it's like the otherworldly tool set. What about him has him, um, for lack of a better term, pegged for you as superstar? I like it. It's 100% the tool set. I just feel like he gives me such hardcore Marte vibes. I really feel like they traded Marte for Marte as a shortstop. He just, I feel like he can do it all. I think he's just young. A little immature, but I think once he gets it all together, he's going to be great. And you got to look at it like this. Cruz, when he was in the minors, he didn't really tear it up. We just saw the tools and hoped and prayed that he was going to be as good as he is. Am I right? Last year, he didn't do anything in the minors, to be honest. He wasn't well, last really year, a Okay, I'm not sure that that counts. Why? I'm not sure that counts. Was he in the minors? Because it was so it was so abbreviated and it was so obvious that he was being manipulated that I'm not sure I really count that as a de- any development time for him. I don't I mean, think he should have just was, been there. I think he should have been there and he should have stayed as long as he did. Personally, I just don't think he completely had it all together when he was brought up. We wanted to see him up here because he's fun, he's exciting. But I think the time in the minors did him well. I I would I I think it sure did the front office well and I'll I'll put it that way. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. But I don't think that's the main reason he was still down there. Um uh, but in terms of do we have enough elite level talent? I'm concerned about um pitching depth. I'm I'm a little concerned in that area cuz um for me personally you have you have Priester Ortiz uh, Burrows, and at least in terms of guys that are like, we're gonna see soon, because we're not gonna see we're not gonna see Solomito soon. That's not a soon thing. We're not gonna see Bubba Chandler soon. And with pitching guys, I I try not to like get too excited when they're that far away, because I mean any number of things can happen. Any number of of elbows can be blown out. I mean it just stuff like that happens. Um. After that, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Is there a, I don't know. Is there a top I, of the rotation guy? I think, I think it would be fair to say that Luis had maybe has the highest ceiling out of all of those guys. Is that only because he throws hard? No, I think his stuff is unbelievable. But the problem is that like he can't just have two pitches. I've seen some people make the Luis Castillo comparisons, and I kind of like those comparisons only because it makes me feel better. <laughs> uh but he he really does need a third pitch he has that change up but he doesn't really have a good feel for it um 
but I'm I'm a believer in in Luis Ortiz. Um, he wasn't. I'll I'll be honest. He wasn't really a guy that was on my radar until I actually like sat down and watched him pitch and was like, okay, you know, uh, the, the stuff's there. I don't think the I don't think um, control is a major issue for him. I think what he has a feel for, he can locate at least well enough to to use it. Um, but it, but he just has to add more stuff to the repertoire uh, for him. Um, Priester, I'm not sure if I see that top of the rotation guy with him, but I but it would also be very fair to say his floor is probably much higher than Ortiz's would be. But I mean, I'm I'm concerned a little bit about pitching, a little bit. Um, especially with how expensive pitching is, we need we need a significant amount of our pitching to come from the farm. I don't think that's any secret that that's just where that's going to have to come from. I agree. I think that's why, personally, if I was a GM, I would draft for pitching instead of offense. I feel like you can find offense for a much cheaper price than you can find pitching. And I feel like we haven't really, other than Solomon and Chandler, I don't think there's a lot of pitching in the minors. And that's what scares me the most, because even when we were good, we never had that top-tier guy. Burnett was good. Liriano was good. Garrett Cole was good. He was never what he is in New York good. And I think that's what you need to really push yourself through the playoffs. Think about it like Jake Garrier took the Cubs all the way to the World Series. Madison Bumgarner took the Giants all the way to the World Series. And I don't feel like we have that in the system. I'll I'll say this, and I think we said time and time again too, like that's my biggest concern about this farm system is the elite talent. It's, It's deep as hell. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of prospects, right? You know, the thing is, like, if you want to look at the Pirates, 15 through 30 prospects, they're they're better than probably having an organization. The issue right. is, like, where's their one through 10 compared to everyone else? And that really is it. You know, like, there's not a cutch. There's not this – like, you don't have the cutch, Marte, Pedro, Cole, top, like, you know, like this plethora of top-end prospects that, you know, are going to do pretty well. Like, like you mentioned about Andy earlier. Cruz is like the, the, the biggest one Cruz, but he's such a hit or miss type guy. And I think we're seeing him trend towards the hit, but he was the boomer bust guy. He could be a superstar and he could be a complete bust. And after that, it was like, what's, what's left guys, you know, like, are you going to have a bunch of two to three war players or is there someone who can put up five war? Like, is there a guy who can carry to be a potential MVP and you don't see it even, even with Cruz, I think with some of his flaws, Again, I'm not trying to say, I mean, he's, I feel he's going to be good, but like to be that cutch, I think a lot's going to have to click. Yeah. And no, with that's, that, that's very fair. So who's the Marte on the team? Pagero. You know, like who, <laughs> but like, I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's just like, I feel like there's a lot of complimentary pieces, but is there really one or two that can really step up now? As you mentioned earlier with Endy, he had a huge year last year. Maybe he can become that guy. And his versatility is a huge advantage as well. Like maybe he's going to become that guy just because you can carry a backup catcher who can also be your outfielder, you know, like the Otani factor. If he can save roster spots, like that's value. Um, But that's my biggest fear. And then, of course, on top of that, to the pitching side, there's just not enough arms. You know, there's not top end. Like who's the ace? Right, right. Like when Cole was drafted, when Tyler was drafted, like they were drafted because they could be aces. And then Glass now comes out, like, look at this talent. Like he could be that type of a guy. Who who is a one or two guy in this organization? I really don't think we have it. I think Ortiz is honestly your in best terms guess. Of raw stuff. Because I'm not sure that because there have been people that have said row, but I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I'm going there with him. If Ronzi could learn to pitch inside at all he could maybe take that next step but he refuses to throw inside at all i'm also concerned about innings with him building him up to the innings that he would need to actually be called an ace and this loops back to the kyle gibson discussion a little bit i meant to bring this up earlier in terms of like why that kind of guy would be good for this team if you look at this rotation there are some guys particularly row that it's like is he gonna give you the innings that you really need 
because what did he he last year was the most innings he had thrown in his professional career correct correct and what was that number at what was that total I don't want to give a number that's wrong here. Uh, Ninety. It was ninety-five. Right. It was. It was ninety-five. I was gonna say one hundred. I thought it was a hundred too. But it was ninety-five, and that was the highest he had gone in his career. So. So yeah, it is a little concerning because I'm not sure. I'm not sure Roe can really be that guy if he's not giving you those innings. But really, these the starters today don't throw two hundred innings. Anymore. They don't, but you they know, also, but they're also not throwing ninety five. No, but this year that's the under. This year you can probably get row to one thirty, one fifty range, and then you can have if, a Priest or a Burroughs come up and finish out the rest of the year for Contreras, and then he's ready for that one seventy, one eighty kind of carry the team role because he doesn't have to be an ace next year no you know what i mean but as long as you can get the innings up to the 170 mark for the 24 season i think he i don't think he's an ace i don't think he has the control to be an ace but i think he can be a two or a three in this rotation i think i'd be more comfortable saying three than two we got a lot of threes so i'm trying to bump somebody up and give yeah, them yeah i know what you mean <laughs> but i think that goes to basically both your point i think you're really agreeing on this that that's that's kind of the issue that, that the elite talent i think this organization has a lot of like you're saying threes fours fives how yeah. and when do they get the one or two that's, but really that's kind of a problem especially with a small market team but since they've been drafting recently have we seen that top pitcher Available, I don't think it's Jack Leiter, and I well, don't think there's Leonardo, anybody. So that's how really do you feel about it. trading Reynolds? I'm jo- I'm joking. Is I'm that joking. a segue? I'm no, no, I'm joking. That is your best bet. I I dis I disagree with that, but um, I just wanted to throw that out there to be mean. <laughs> I well, can I go off to- of that? Do you guys want to get into it? Yes. Sure, potatoes? let's do it. Let's just yes. get it out of the way. Let's do it. All right. So Brian Reynolds demands a trade. It's trade. fresh. Okay. So I think Let's, before I before we get into, into anything <laughs> else, I think it's kind of important to note that I don't think it really actually like changes anything about the particulars of that situation. All it really changes is that we know that they were at least trying to hash out an extension, couldn't agree on a number. Reynolds requests a trade. It doesn't change anything about what the team is actually going to do with him one way or the other, other than like preventing him, other than like he's not signing an extension, at least immediately, you know, that, that, you know, if you're requesting a trade, that's probably not a good sign for that. But in terms of like, he has, he has no leverage here. Like the request for a trade doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, but it does bring up a lot of questions of like, okay, should you? Because I don't think it actually, I don't think it's changed the actual process or what you'd get for him or, or what it would take to move him for the Pirates. I personally think you have to trade him at this point because what you don't want is that in the locker room, in the dugout, being over his head all year and the other, the young players around that hearing that he wants to go and everything like that. I think it's, I think. Would it be, well, then would it be worse for, for them to be in an environment where a guy wanted to get paid, the team didn't meet it. And so then he just got traded. I mean, what's. But the, but the thing is, we don't know what the pirates offer. You know what I mean? Like who knows, true. who knows what they offer. They could have offered him $20, $25 million a year. They probably didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> I, I promise you they but didn't. It, but they possibly could have. You know what I mean? So, like, you can't say the Pirates didn't pay him. They at least attempted. They offered him an extension. He said no. He wants to go. This is how you get your ace. This is how you get two top pitching prospects or one pitching prospect and one 
current major leaguer into the system. And I think you can replace Reynolds' production on this team. I think Cruz can easily do a five-war season. But as it stands right now, this guy is still your best player. But my best player wants to go. So I'm going to let him go. And I'm going to replace him and get top-tier pitching talent in the system. They don't really have another chip to do that anyhow. So far, so far, nobody has met their asks for Reynolds to start with. So the idea that we're going to get like two top-tier pitching prospects for Reynolds, I'm not sure if I believe that. But if you're an outfielder away from being where you want to be in your division, you're going to make that deal. Because if you have three then or four Why hasn't starters, everybody made that deal yet? <laughs> why has nobody made that? Because I do think the asking price is going to be less than it was before. Exactly. I don't think they're going to get as much as before. So how are they? But they were asking for top tier pitching talents out of it then. Because it doesn't have to be. One could be a major league player, major league starting pitcher. That's good. And then you add in a prospect that's close, like a you trade them for like a Pablo Lopez and like a Max Meyer. I know Max Meyer's having Tommy John or whatever, but that's perfect. His value is going to be a little bit less because of that. You can grab two of those guys for him. You got to do what you got to do to get a starting pit to get some elite starting pitching on this team. Add Bednar to the deal. Do what you got to do to get two good starting pitches on this team. Ooh. He's a closer. We don't even win games. We don't need that. I'm so biting my tongue right now for so many different reasons. <laughs> Think about how easy replacing a relief <laughs> yeah, pitcher Yeah, Denardo, I was about to pass this one off to you. I, I don't know. Hey, this is your time. This is your time to shine, both of you. I mean, okay. So I'll, I'll put it this way: I, I think, just to add my two cents, I'm like what you're saying, Jesse. Also, I think it could be fair to say that the asks weren't met, but the asks could also be astronomically high because you don't have a desire to trade him. Correct. But now, if there is more of a will to trade him, and also to Connor's point. It doesn't necessarily mean anything's changed. Like he can say he wants traded, and you can say, "Good for you." <laughs> yeah, good. Eating, good luck with right? that, buddy. So that doesn't really matter. But maybe this sways. Maybe they're more open. Who knows? But what I'm alluding to here is, if they're more willing to trade, they could now look at a reasonable trade and make the deal. Right before they weren't reasonable because, right. like, if you want them, you're going to have to make the most ridiculous <laughs> yeah, trade in the world to get him because we right. have no desire to trade him. Now, you know what? Those couple pitchers, they're looking more enticing now because, you know, he doesn't want to stay here. He's not going to sign. There's also hope he could sign beforehand. Maybe if that bridge is done, they're more willing to look to trade, right? And now they're looking to trade to accommodate it. And those guys look more enticing. So that's where I'm at. It wasn't met before because there really wasn't a desire to. Now, if there is one, you could find one that matches up. That makes sense for both sides. Um, But I, I agree, and this isn't me saying he needs to be traded, but I will say he does present a path to those players we were just talking about that this team is missing. Correct. And that's really your only way to get there. It's either Reynolds or Bednar at this point. And Bednar is not going to fetch you what Reynolds is going to fetch you in the trade. To, as a counterpoint to that, Jesse, you were talking about how you feel that Sherrington is is try, that this front office is actually trying to improve the team headed into next year. How does this fit in with that? Because so that's that's my question. Okay, so that was said before the Reynolds news came out. Let's not forget that. I don't personally ultimately think they do trade him. I think he gives them currently the best opportunity to win more games. At the current state. But if you get an offer on their table that's a great trade deal, you have to make the deal. You can't keep them forever. He I think if somebody meets their outlandish price, then yeah, they should do it. But otherwise, he's still under team control for the next three years. So I don't... 
I don't see what their like immediate incentive is to do it unless they get seriously get somebody that they feel is absolutely going to be that guy. Otherwise, there's I don't see a reason to move him. I'm not moving Reynolds unless it's for somebody that is absolutely that guy. Nothing short of that is going to, you know, move me at all. But that's why you go for somebody that's closer to the majors. I don't want any single-way prospects, anything like that in the trade for him. I want players that are at least close or have already made their debut and showed that they can handle it. I don't want to risk trading him and getting nothing back at the end of the day. I want to make sure that when we do, if we do trade him, that we're getting a ace starting pitcher in this rotation. Do not trade him for any more outfielders or shortstops. Well, that was depressing. Let's, let's pivot this. Let's pivot this. Um, because honestly, the the news today, I know everyone's talking, basically how we're talking here, right? But like the news to me, it struck a different way. And I guess I want to ask how you guys feel. Because it's not so much like, oh my God, they got to trade Brian Reynolds. He's not going to sign an extension. I personally feel that this has been a complete failure from the get-go. I don't understand why he hasn't been traded since they decided that they're going to progress his rebuild as long as they have. Right. And that, that right. to me, this now presents even like this is even more of a failure. Like he should have been traded two years ago, basically. You guys have talked ago. about this in the podcast a lot where it's like at the beginning of last year where it's like, OK, this is the stepping stone year where they get a little better, maybe get to 70, 75 wins. They actually try a little bit. And then if you don't, you know that you do that and you have to get a extension done. And if you don't, why is he here? And then right. we threw that entire year, so now it's still, okay, why is he here? And now we're headed into this year, and he's got three years left, and now no extension's happening. So it is fair to ask, okay, then why is he here? So and what I want to get to really, though, is that all is true, but like where I'm at is this is your top player. All I have in us is really secondhand information and speculation of a lot of things, right? This is a guy who's in the clubhouse, who talks to the people that we're speculating on on this every single day, you know, aspect for the most part. If he's at the point he wants a trade, what does that tell me internally that's going on? Like, that's that's my concern also. When he comes out today, the rumors that I want to trade, I'm more concerned of the, like, the direction we you know what I mean like if 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 they're that close and I know money but maybe we can still work things out you know but I don't know I think I feel like I'm at the point where there also is just more than money and I understand like the money's not met but I feel like if the money's not met I can still work on it because I like this organization I've said I've, I want to be here time and time again but the money's not met and I want to go like a complete 180 it kind of makes me feel uneasy about how close his team is to winning. So I don't know. I know like you talk about Jesse and I understand because the Troy signing or trade, I should say like the Carlos Santana signing, the words that he's spoken of, I kind of feel there's a, maybe a shift this year and like the way they've gone before, but now with this coming out, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I personally think he wants the trade now because he's his a hundred percent because of age. I think he's scared to hit the market at 31, 32 or sign a shorter extension and hit the market at 33, 34. I think he feels like if he can leave Pittsburgh, somebody will lock him up and give him eight, nine years, seven, eight years extension. And he's not going to get that from us. And I don't think he should. I think that's why the timing is weird. But also at the same time, last year, at the end of the year, he said he wants to be here. That also confuses the crap out of me. Like, what did change? Just as you were saying, what did change between now, yes, today, and two months ago? Right. That's where I'm at. Because the money wasn't there beforehand either. Right. Well, the other thing is that I I have a feeling this is, that this has been a long drawn out process, and this is like their first. I think I'm not sure if this is their first real serious attempt 
to like actually get this get this done. But there was talk about this, you know, numbers being thrown around since what like was was it spring training of last year? I believe like we heard about it right with last year and such. But I believe what we also heard last year was that it was also talked about the year before. Yeah, that it was. Yeah, that's what I recall as well. That it was also the year before. We didn't before. hear about it the year before, but last year when it was talked about, we were basically enlightened that it also took place the year before. So it could finally be that this has just been going on now for so long, and it's just like the pirates still aren't meeting. You know, my number. I'm 28. Um, it could be like what Jesse said. All right, time to <laughs> cash in. Yep. Because he's 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 been a productive. He's been obviously he's been a very good player. If the Pirates aren't meeting his market value, I mean, again, he has no leverage here. Like the Pirates aren't forced to move him at all, and this makes absolutely, at least in theory, makes absolutely no difference into whether they actually are going to move him or not. It might increase people asking. Although it seems like everybody and their uncle had already asked. So I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to gauge. I, I would like more info, but it's hard to say whether we'll ever get more info. Cause, cause really what I want is, is numbers to give you a more um, robust analysis on that. Is I just, I would like numbers on how far apart they actually are. It, it sucks it just sucks to be in this position because no matter no matter which side of this camp that you're on you're going to come to the conclusion that man it never should have happened that it never should have gotten to this point if you're in the trade Reynolds camp you probably felt that this is like Donardo does if you're gonna do it that you should have done it you know, way earlier in this whole rebuild process instead of keeping him on these 101 lost teams for no reason. I think, but I think Charrington wanted him traded. Honestly, I think Reynolds, the only reason he's still on his team is because of Nutting. I don't think Nutting wants to see Reynolds go somewhere else and ball out like he's been doing in Pittsburgh. I, I think if it was 100% up to Charrington, he would have dealt him last year after his all-star season. And um, if you're on the extension I side of things, and do. if you're on the extension side of things, you probably feel that this extension should have happened two seasons ago. So no matter, that's what I find funny about this is no matter what perspective you're taking on this, it's that the pirates have just been treading water on this and like not making a decision one way or the other for just so long. But they didn't have a huge reason to extend him. They had him for five more years, two years ago. Well, that's not that's not like, my I'm the not huge, making that argument rush. right now. And even if they are competitive in 24, 25, they would still have Reynolds if they wanted to keep him. They don't have to extend him ever. They could trade him at the end of beginning of 25 season if they really wanted to. And still so let me put you on the spot here. Number back. So Jesse. It's over. Reynolds is in signing extension. Charrington knows that. Nunning knows that. It's over. It's all speculation. This isn't me saying it, right? But speculation. Here's the scenario. It's done. Are you trading Brian Reynolds this offseason, or is Brian Reynolds on the 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates? I'm trading Brian Reynolds this offseason, and I'm trading him to Miami. It's that simple. They have, Sounds like you – I mean, it's done with you. You got the whole you, trade worked out. I'm already done. <laughs> Signed, sealed, and delivered. I know Follow exactly up, what it happen. At. I feel like it's so easy because I feel like Kim and G will overpay for Reynolds. Not what their original asking price was two years ago, but I think they will overpay for him because she's coveted him forever. That is the piece that they really want more than anything. So ship him off, bring me back pitching, and we'll be done. That's that easy. They have the pitching to do it if they wanted to. Exactly, and they have four or five good starting pitchers currently in their rotation. Give me one of those. Give me Max Meyer, and thank you very much. We're done. 
Connor. If if they're if they are truly done and they are miles apart. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't say that with a lot of joy, but I mean it I, I still need to get that I still need to get what this team needs and that's high end arm. But yeah. So let's say this. Let's say this never happened. Okay. Reynolds still wants to be here and it didn't like that. 2024 comes around. We're competing for the playoffs. And we just need two good pitchers. One good starting pitcher. Would you trade Reynolds at that point? There's no extension locked up, anything like that. He has one more well, season. If, if he if he has no extension and he still wants to, to be here, then, well, I have bad news for you. Whether or not he wants to be here doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that. If you care about that sort of thing at that point, if he doesn't have an extension, then it then like – I mean, in the scenario you've given me, you're like, oh, well, you don't need Reynolds, but you need arms, and Reynolds could get you arms. Then, yeah, I'd trade Reynolds. But that's the scenario but I, but we're I currently can't. in. If you think about well, it. What, what is maybe. The, the biggest thing we're missing from the farm system, as we all agreed, is pitching. Top end pitching. Reynolds brings back top end pitching. All right. And Ace makes his team a completely different animal. We didn't really even have an ace back when we were in the playoffs. Garakul was a great pitcher, but he was never really that ace that we needed him to be when we were there. Another thing to be fair, I mean, if you're talking playoff deep runs, you're really looking to have about two. Yeah. And you can grab two. And then you have a whole bunch of number three starters behind them. A whole bunch. A whole <laughs> lot of number three stars. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's the scenario they're in. So what I want to say is just to go back to you, Jesse, like I can sympathize what you said in the fact that this team is going to be better in 2023 with the acknowledgement of Brian Reynolds is supposed to be here because you weren't looking to trade him. Correct. This does change. Like the direction could have been they're going to be better and it still could be leading that way, but if Reynolds is certainly just cutting it off right now today, like it's done, then I think you have to trade him as well. Yeah. I, I you know, and agree. if that is the case, you have to still look to get better, but also ensuing with that, you've got to trade Reynolds. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting winter meetings. I'll put it that way. A, and a whole off season. It's going to be exciting winter meetings for sure. I love the winter meetings. And I think this is going to make it even more fun for us. It's going to be interesting. For some people, it might fun. not be exciting. Yeah, fun's <laughs> not might exactly not be excited. Word. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. So I'll, let's do this. Let's go in further. Let's start wrapping the show up. I appreciate everything. So what I want to do is, although Jesse seemed like he, he gave a few of his, tell us your hot take. What is something, a hot take, that you believe in that most others don't? Jesse, you go first. Is that. Okay. Well, I'm going back to the one I said. Leo Pergara is probably – out of this entire farm system, in my opinion, the second will have the second best career out of all of them. He all just right. the tolls are just off the chart. He's a great player, and I think that once he gets it all together, and we, I feel like people forget how young he is for his level. Everywhere he's gone, he's been one of the youngest players there. I think once he gets to the major leagues, he is your Marte, without a doubt. I like it, Connor. What's yours? It's this is like a lukewarm take. Um, don't bring that weak ass shit over here. <laughs> but I don't have anything else for you, man. All right. Uh, I think Cannon Smith and Jigba is a major leaguer. I think he's gonna have um, a better career than Jack Sawinski. I think he's gonna have a better career. I mean, this is this is obviously a low bar, but I I think he's gonna be. <laughs> Way better than any of the other outfield guys that are immediately available. Does that mean I think he's going to be good? Uh, different, different question entirely. But I have just I have way more faith in him than I have other guys, and that's just like complete and utter and utter bias. I like I like Kanan Smith and Jigba. That's interesting. I, I mean, I can respect that. Like you said, hot take. He's like he's really the forgotten person. No one really talks about, it, especially because of the injury. Like no one talks about, no one's looking forward really to him. He, so, and I 
I liked him. I appreciated his talents. Um, I don't understand how he has so little power in his in his lines. Like looking at that dude, especially when he got called up and you got to see like him on like actual MLB broadcast. That dude is jacked. He is. He's he's like Maurice Jones Drew, but a baseball player. He is. He is ripped. So how he can manage to have so little power with while looking like that is kind of impressive. Yeah. But yeah, but I think he would PNC Park will work pretty well for him. I don't think it takes a lot to get it over the the Clemente wall. Well, he's and I think that cuz I think lighting, Cal Mitchell doesn't No, is he lefty, isn't he? Aren't they all lefties? I thought the whole no, team was lefty. No, CSN's a righty. I'm I'm 100% sure of this. I think you're wrong. All right. Well, let's let's move forward. So there's the hot takes. I like it. So here is the question I have for you guys that you don't know about. doesn't pertain to baseball at all. So of the 50 states, which one is the absolute worst? Go ahead, Connor. Uh, hold on. Oh, sorry. I was looking at something else. Um, Mississippi. Tell us why. You got to tell us it's, why. It's Mississippi. Do I, do I really got to explain why Mississippi is yeah. bad? Got to I mean, provide us some information. Uh, for one, it's don't just be a rant show and just say something without <laughs> know how you got that answer. Um, Mississippi, it's the climate is terrible. The humidity is awful. Um, the how do I say this without being especially mean? It's it's got some of the worst education. It's got some of the worst health care. It's I mean you. <laughs> It's got some of the worst like life expectancy. I mean, you you name it, Mississippi's close to the bottom. Well, Connor just lost all the people from the state of Mississippi. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. We went not like, one guy. We went, it's like uh, we went from the number two baseball podcast in Belgium. We went from the number two baseball podcast in in Mississippi. We're yeah. all the way down. We're just dropping in the rankings like crazy. That's right. It's all of your fault. Wait, where did Jim lives in Kentucky? Can I change my answer? No, you already answered it. Jim, yeah, but Jim Jesse. lives in Kentucky, right? <laughs> yeah, he does. Jesse, worst state? Florida. Easy. And I'm in Florida. It's so hot all the time. And it rains all the time. And there's hurricanes. And the politics are awful here. I hate Florida. There's not a single positive feature about Florida. There, you guys have Burmese pythons down there. Yeah, that's terrible. Gi- that's giant awful. Flying cockroaches, man. Florida is awful. Don't you guys have the uh, the invasive snails down there that like eat your like the siding on your house? I hope not. But <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what am I thinking? There's like Florida just has a ridiculous amount of like crazy invasive species for no reason. Yes. That is correct. Because dumb Florida people think they can keep them as pets and then they're like, be free. I was say, but that that's really more southern. That's like the Everglades, South Florida. Yeah, that's where you get into all the crazy shit. But, Don't they have like the yearly Burmese python python yes. hunt where they go out and pay yes, people? They do. <laughs> it's yeah. unbelievable. That's, that's Florida people, though. You know, they're all about it. And every once in a while, a gator gets somebody's dog down there. My my cousin oh, yeah. Nick tells me I have a family down there, and they One tell more. me all the time that like every once in a while, somebody locally One more gator gets a dog. Uh, Smith and Jigba's a lefty. Just is he? What? Yeah. They're all lefties. They don't have any right-handed hitters. Just checking my. Well, see, that tells you how hot right take now. my. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking because he throws righty. I don't know. Why did I think he was a righty? That's so weird. All right. Well, there's our hot takes. There's our questions. There's our show. All right. So well, I, I put like a sinkhole in my hot take. <laughs> I didn't even get his hand right. <laughs> Speaking of sinkholes in Florida. So anyways, um, yeah, so let's get out of here. So once again, I really do appreciate you both coming on. <laughs> Connor, Jesse, thanks a lot. Um, any last words before we do go? Uh, whatever you do, don't follow my social media. It's terrible. I agree. Whatever I, the Pirates yeah. do, trade yeah. Brian Reynolds. Get him off the team. Sell the I team. might agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say the <laughs> – as a final word on the Brian Reynolds thing, the easiest solution to all of this is to just run Bob Nutting out of town and back to like whatever Greenbrier bunker he came from. 
Yeah. I'll end this in my last words. Uh, when talking about Reynolds and you talk about Bednar, I'm 100% and I'm not going to get any love for this at all, but I'm also 100% of trading Bednar. And I was last year as well. For the simple facts that he is a reliever, he has peak value, and this team is nowhere close to winning. And not just a reliever, but a closer. So go get that return because when you're good in 2025 and because he's a reliever and he's not, you've lost everything. So, all right, let's get out of here again. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace. Peace.